You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Welcome, friends, and welcome, friends of God. Today, I have two beautiful friends with me. And in our group, we started a yearly tradition of choosing a word that we could focus and pray on and seek out throughout the year and a verse that would support that word. And it's grown. And every year we all encourage each other with sharing the word. And so today we wanted to come on and share with you each of our words and how we grow during the year. And we can look back and see God's faithfulness through that word. So one of my friends today with us is Charlotte. Charlotte is a business owner. She owns a local jewelry store here in Miami, and she's also a homeschooling mom. She has two awesome children. Um, She's been a believer for 44 years. She loves Jesus. And I have my fabulous friend, Mel, who is a mother and a wife. She has teenage twins. She's a faithful woman of God, a lover of God and his word. She's a retired entrepreneur. Both of these women are not only friends, but they are prayer warriors. I know I can always count on them to encourage me, to pray with me and for me, and to point me back to God. So welcome to Faith with Friends, ladies. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Lisa. So let's jump right in. What are your words for the year? Mine is captivate. I prayed during a very difficult season of my life in December, every year that we've done this, I have prayed for God to give me the word. It is not something that I try to come up with on my own. I asked the Holy Spirit to lead me. And this year he brought me to the word captivate. And it's based in the um, scripture of second Corinthians 10, five, where it says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That is a great word. And that is definitely something we all, all of us, all women, I think, all believers need to obey and grow in is taking those thoughts captive. And I think you're going to find that all of our words kind of reflect back to that directing our thinking. So Mel, what is your word? So my word is light. You know, um, Jesus is the light of the world. And when he lives inside of you, you're supposed to allow his light to shine through you to others, to shine upon you. And sometimes it's our own misconceptions, our own anger or resentment or things that we allow to get in the way of our relationship with him that kind of block that light from shining out. So this year, my goal is to allow Jesus to truly take over my heart and for his light to shine to to all those that I meet, especially my family, because oftentimes our family, they see they see the worst. Yes. And so I just want to be a, a light in my home and a light to my friends. And I have a couple of verses, but one of them is it's first Peter two nine. But you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. 
And I just think that's so beautiful because he does, he calls us out of the darkness and the things of the world that cause pain and into his light where we can share in his love and in his peace. And then the other verse I have is Matthew 5, 16. And that's in the same way, let your light shine before others that you may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So I want to let my light shine a little deeper and brighter in 2022. I pray with you. Well, my word this year is renew. And, you know, I often, my weaknesses often prevent me from allowing the Holy Spirit to choose the word because let's say the word is patient. I think, oh my gosh, what am I going to have to endure to learn patience? So the year that my word was gentle and God really had to pound me down and teach me how to be gentle and quiet, how to zip it, how not to defend myself, not to fight back, not to use the weapons of the world, just to be gentle. And part of the problem or part of the good part of sharing the word with a group of women that are faithful to pray for you and with you and hold you accountable is there are certain times that I wasn't gentle and somebody would remind me, what was your word this year? And I'd immediately, you know, take a deep breath and I it's gentle. I am a gentle spirit, <laughs> but my, my word this is this year is renew. And the reason that I believe God has given me that word is because sometimes in a prayer group with so many people, you can carry your own burdens. You carry the burdens of others. You worry about other people and what they're going through. And God is really teaching me to bring his, my burdens to him and your burdens to him, to lay them down and allow him to renew my mind. And there are so many verses that I would like to share, but one of the there's a few I'm going to share. The first one is Revelations 21, 4. And this year we went through a lot of sickness and continue to go through, walk through that valley with others. I also had a lot of loss with people that I was close to and dearly loved. And Revelations 21, 4 says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall be there, there be mourning or crying or pain because the former things have passed away. And so I'm holding on to that newness of life that we receive in heaven. But then here on earth, we have Psalm 51.10 that says, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit in me. And then Romans 12.2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I looked up those two words. What's the difference between conformed and transformed? Conformed is falling in line with the norm and what's expected of you, of others. The world says, just do this. This is the normal way. God says, let me transform you, make you new, do something different. Don't try to be like the world because we're called, like you said, Melinda, is the world is darkness and we're called to be light. We're called to be different. And that transforming power comes from the renewing of my mind, which comes from the word of God. Like the only way to be transformed is by prayer and by reading his word and allowing him to do the work. Otherwise, I'm just making an alternate Lisa and God knows there's enough of me. So I want him to transform me and make something new, make him allow his reflection to be in me. 
So Charlotte, thinking about your word, what is it in 2021 that you want to leave behind? Why, why are you choosing that word moving forward? And what are you hoping to overcome or leave behind or be different from last year? Okay. So why am I choosing that word to move forward? Move forward is one of my favorite idioms that you might say. I lost my husband four years ago and people would say, okay, now it's time to move on. And there's no way to move on from pain and grief and sorrow and trauma. There's just no way to move on. And the words that the Lord gave me in the years that followed his death were wisdom, understanding, obedience, which was a fun word, like you were talking about. That's right. Yes. And then last year it was abide, to abide in him, to experience his presence, to choose his presence every moment. And I found that he gave me this word captivate for this year because I tend to let my mind go into the future and worry about things that do not happen or have not happened or may not happen. I also go back in the past, um, especially as a parent, and think about how I have failed my children or because they're walking through something, I have failed them. And so what I'd like to leave behind is those self-indulging thoughts of fear and worry and distress. Because when I used to tell my children when they were little, your thoughts have wheels, they take you where you're going to go. And so for me, I believe that God is similar to your uh, verse in Romans, where it's the transforming of my mind by reading his word, by putting his word. And he has really worked in me this week in trusting him with finances and things that are coming down the pipe for me and reminding me that he is sovereign. And so I think those that obedience and captive go hand in hand, and it might be a negative word. I shared my word with a friend um, and she's like, oh, but that's such a negative connotation. And I said, for me, it's not. I, I want to be captive to Jesus. I'm his servant. I'm his slave. And I want to be captivated by his. Absolutely. Presence. So, yeah, think about that. Like, what does it look like? What, it, what are our lives? What are our thoughts? What are our um, spiritual walks look like when we take every thought captive and when we are completely captivated by Christ, how is that a negative? It's right. Yes. And I wanted to share one other scripture that goes along with that, which is Isaiah 26, um, three and four, you will keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal and that's steadfast or other versions say fixed. And it has to be a choice. I have to choose to redirect my thoughts um, and not go down those rabbit holes. And he will give me that peace. That's wonderful. If we could just apply it daily. I mean, I just think we would sleep better. Mm -hmm. We would behave quote unquote better our hearts would be safe a safe place if right. we don't allow the negative you see how all of our our words are kind of tied together i guess because it's always a hard issue it is. heart hard and heart issue 
So Mel, what are you looking to leave behind? I just want to say that I agree with you about the word gentle, because that was my word two years ago. And I found that to be the most challenging word because, um, you know, it's easy for family to say, oh, that wasn't really a gentle answer. (laughs) So I think I'll need to repeat that, that word one year because I did not master that. Um, I don't agree. I will. I think my kids would say differently, but so in order to be a light, I think you need to let go of any resentment you're holding, any bitterness you're holding, any anger to have more patience and also to be more gentle. So it kind of fits like there's a lot of words that go along with being a light. And, you know, one thing I've always said to my kids every day when I would drop them off to school was they'd be getting out and I'd say, be a light. And they knew what that meant. They knew that I wanted them to stand out from the others, to not conform to the world, to be leaders and to show God's love and grace to all of their classmates. And I decided, you know, I've been saying this for so many years, but am I truly an example of what a light is? And, you know, some days I am, but there are some days where I'm not. So the goal this year is to have more days of being a light to others, being that gentle person, being the person who doesn't get upset in traffic or being the person that makes the woman behind the register smile and feel good even when I'm having a bad day because I want to be a light and a joy to and share the love of Jesus to the people that I encounter um, on the good days and the bad days. And so let's unpack that for a minute. What is the one thing that we each need to do in order to find that? Like how, okay, yours is light. um, Charlotte's is captivate. Mine is renew. So how, what what if somebody's listening right now and they think that's a great word. I want to take one of those words or find my own, but what makes the change? Is this self-improvement? Do I just try really hard not to be mean? Do I try to cover my feelings? How are we changed? How do we grow How do we use this word to grow throughout the year? I'll start with that. So for me, it's about spending time in God's presence, reading from his word, spending quiet time, just thanking him. I I read something the other day that the DNA of joy is thankfulness. And so just being grateful and counting my blessings on the days that listen, we all don't start our mornings off with this perfect recipe. Ideally, I love to wake up and pray. I like to spend time in my devotions, read my Bible. Um, and I, I, on those days, I'm definitely more of a light mm-hmm. on the days that I'm rushed. I push the snooze button. The day gets chaotic from one thing to another. And I don't spend that time plugged into the Lord. My light's very dim. So it's really plugging in to him that transforms so if somebody has never prayed before, they they don't, or maybe they've prayed, but they prayed like a repetitive prayer or a learned prayer or just prayed only when they need something. How, Charlotte, you you can kick this one off. How How can I start a deeper prayer life? Like how can I, we have these words, how can I pray for this word to grow in me? How would you start that? Well, I know it sounds daunting, right? So as maybe someone who's never really had an intimate relationship with Jesus, 
it's very difficult to picture what that would look like or how that would feel or you know you want to have a a life-changing moment where it all comes together but it's similar to exercise or to uh, any habit you build in your life right so for me I've gotten up I get up at five in the morning to spend an hour with the Lord but you can start with 10 minutes you can just Move your alarm clock back a few minutes and you can start with that. I like to write my prayers out to the Lord. You don't have to say prescribed words. You don't have to this big, long, eloquent prayer to the Lord. It can just be from your heart. And so for me this year, I write it out. I have a prayer journal and I write the, I wrote the word captivate and I wrote my verse And then before I begin any day, I go to him and I start there. And I tend to write scripture. If I find a scripture that really means something to me, I write it in my prayer journal. If I'm praying for someone, I write the date that I start praying for them. And then I write the date God answers. And it's a beautiful way to watch how God moves and that he is hearing you. And so you can start off on baby steps and just say, Lord, I want to follow you better. A lot of times when I open, I mean, every time I open scripture, excuse me, I pray from Proverbs 24 and five, and it says, show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths and guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And God promises us that if we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us, that he will. And so it's a great way to start your prayer time is to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your spirit and to to minister to you. So those are simple steps that you can start out with five or 10 minutes in the morning. Right. That's a great verse to write in the beginning of your Bible. And before you open your Bible every day, if you don't have the memory, because Charlotte is gifted and talented with memorizing extremely long, complicated Bible verses. I (laughs) envy that. But if that sounds difficult, write, make a three by five card and write it down and tape it inside of your Bible. And And I want to add to that because you just said something really important, Charlotte, that you prayed those verses. One of the most powerful things things that we can do is to pray God's word back to him because his word is truth. His word is promise and it's living and real. And if you don't know what to pray, if you're new at praying, pick your verse and then simply pray the verse back to him. Like my verse here, I can say in the same way, let my light shine before others that they may see my good deeds and that I, Lord, will glorify you in heaven. Like just simply adding your name to the verses and making them personal. And if you don't know how to pick a verse, pick a word, Google Bible verses to do with this word, and then you'll get a hundred of them, right? And then you'll, so if you're new to this, it's it's really, it's easy. And then once you start praying his verses back to him, things change. And prayer is just a conversation with the Lord. I agree a hundred percent. I was reading today, the Bible verse about the man who had been suffering his whole life. He was a crippled and he had suffered for his whole life. And I thought, okay, how do I pray this verse? Well, first I prayed that God would reveal to me crippling thoughts, wrong thinking. And then I thought of 
those people in my life that have suffered for a long time, the same thing, like are going through a period of just long suffering. And I prayed for them. And then the verse goes on to say that the friends lowered the man through the roof. And then I thought, okay, what, which friend needs lifting and brought to God today? And, you know, I think writing sounds scary. I'm not a writer. I'm actually dyslexic. I write everything backwards. I spell things backwards. But there's an accountability that comes with buying a steno pad, writing the date, opening your Bible, and you say, you know, this is something which we're going to do a lot of podcasts on how to read God's word. Because we say it, but if you've never read God's word before, you're like, how do I do that? Start with this. Pick a word. And if you don't have no idea what word, ask a friend, what area do you think I could grow in? But be careful because they might be honest and you have to be humble enough to hear them out and then say, okay, pray about it. Lord, is this my word? I didn't want the word renew. I wanted, I had a different word, but God showed me this is your word this year. I'm going to renew your mind and your thoughts and we're going to take them captive and you're going to be a light. It all comes together. But pick a word like Mel said, Google. Bible verses for light and then read through them. And when you find one you like that touches your heart, that makes your heart palpitate for a minute, that might be the Holy Spirit telling you, then write it down, put it on your mirror where you brush your teeth, put it in your car, make it your lock screen on your phone and read it every day. And then throughout the week, read the other verses that have that word and ask God every day, Lord, help me to learn what you mean about light. How was Jesus a light of the world? How can I be a reflection of that light? It's It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be simple. If you never have, listen, reach out to us on our Instagram, on Faith with Friends Instagram. You have a community of women that are willing to jump in and help and walk with you and mentor you and just pray for you. But we encourage you all. It's not about the word, quote unquote, of the year. This is about the word of God. This, there's power in God's word. His word transforms our lives. We look for a word every year because we want an area of growth that we can focus on. Does it mean we only grow in that area? I hope not. Does it mean that we really are seeking God? Lord, I've been struggling with depression, with losing people that I love. Like I feel like I've met my capacity already. <laughs> I think I've had enough. But I need for him to constantly be renewing. My mind has to be aligned with his or my thoughts will go to worry and anxious and negative negativity. And Mel wants to be a light. Mel, God has placed Mel in a position, I believe, where many people seek you out because they know you love and know God. And so people come to you eventually and say, listen, we watched it with your, your father-in-law who always loved you, right? But man, at the end, he depended on you. And it's not because you're beautiful and fabulous. And it's not even because you're kind. It's because you were that light to him. You showed him what hope looked like, right? And Charlotte, I saw the same thing with you. You you are a person that loves God. It's apparent to everybody. And as you walk through difficult, very difficult, like Mel and I can talk about our suffering, but we haven't lost a husband. We don't have kids that don't have a dad around anymore. And like you were talking to me about yesterday, we're not only parents, right? She's not a single parent. She's an only parent. There's nowhere else to go. But you've exhibited again and again what it looks like to depend on God, 
trust God, share openly, hey, I need prayer in this area. You know, maybe other people would just pretend like everything's perfect, but you're real, you're authentic, and you're like, I'm struggling with this with my kids, struggling with this with my business. I We need each other. We need each other to point us back to God because we all have days. None of us are super spiritual, super women, right? We all have our days where we feel down and defeated. And those are the days where I can put in the chat, hey, I'm really struggling with depression or hopelessness today. Can you help me out? And before you know it, I'm getting Bible verses. I'm getting lifted up to the Lord in prayer. And it makes a difference. It makes a real difference. When when Jesus is the common denominator between you and you, you can be vulnerable and authentic and share the 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 nitty gritty details that not everybody that we don't want to share with everybody. So, you know, when Charlotte asks for prayer for her daughter, or you ask for prayer because you're depressed, or I ask for prayer because I have a really sharp tongue, there's no judgment, right? It's just love. Like there's no judgment. There's just, we pray for each other. We encourage each other and we love each other. And that's why it's so important to find other women to, to pray with. And that's why this podcast is so special because we're sharing what has helped us get through life. And that's our relationships with each other and, and the prayer that we share and the relationship that we share with Jesus. Yes. And I just feel led to say to anyone out there who is struggling with unbelief because your life is, it feels so overwhelming. I was in a, a time of unbelief in December when I was struggling with my daughter and things that are happening with her and they're very painful. And it was a very dark time for me. And I was screaming at God, you know, where were you? Why weren't you protecting her? Aren't you supposed to be her father? I, I can't be everywhere all the time. And, and it was this dark time. And you know, I've walked with the Lord for a very long time. And so even if you're walking through that dark moment, or another example was when my husband was diagnosed with stage four cancer, and I could not feel the presence of God, I couldn't find him. But it kept getting up. I kept one of my, the biggest ways for me to keep my mind on Jesus is worship, worshiping him, praise music, uh, always filling my mind with him. And I don't remember the day that I started feeling God's presence again when my husband was sick, but I did. And with my daughter, it was, it was a poignant moment in scripture when Jesus, when the Lord spoke to me and, and he healed my unbelief. And so sometimes it's like, you know, I go back to that and I'm starting again. I go back to that analogy of, of exercise right? We, none of us really like to start to exercise. And then if we stop exercising, it's hard to get back to exercising. And so sometimes it's a choice to keep going back to the Lord. That's what I encourage you to do. And also the, the writing down, I just want to say is a good practice because who's guilty of falling asleep by praying? Like <laughs> me. Yeah. And so if you start to write down your prayers, it's really hard to fall asleep while you're writing. And you have a record of your prayers. I remember somebody asked me, can you send me a prayer, a picture of your prayer journal? And I was like, well, it's very personal. But yes, I will send you a picture of my prayer journal. 
So I just opened an old prayer journal from like two and a half years ago. And I randomly opened it to the page and I took a picture. And one of the prayers written there were for our friend, Jeanette. And it said, I at the time she was a state representative. And it said, I pray that God would use her not only in Miami, but through the entire state, Lord, use her love and light and her passion for you. And I just pray that you would expand her territory. And at the time she was going to run one more time, I think, or she had already run twice. And she was pretty much like going to go back to the private sector. And when I sent it, we were in the middle of a campaign for her as Lieutenant governor. And I was like, man, my prayers are powerful. <laughs> I had no idea. I prayed that you go back and you look at these prayers and you see lives changed. People yeah. changed. You see your heart forgiving others or getting through a difficult time. And you're like, I forgot what that felt like. And throughout the, the Bible, God tells them, set up a place, a memorial. So you'll remember what I've done. That's what journaling does. It sets up a place where you can go back and visit. And one day when we're not here anymore, I hope that those journals will encourage my kids or my grandkids and how God worked through a very imperfect woman. Yes, they're called memory stones for me. So because that comes from when the Joshua was leading the Israelites through the, oh, what's the name of the river? Anyway, over a river and God parted the river waters and he had them collect 12 stones for each tribe and he had them set up a memorial for that. And so they're my memory stones because sometimes life feels very overpowering and that God is not there and he is not answering. And then if you stop and look back, you go, you know, he has been there. That's right. He has been there. He has shown up. And our minds want to pull us to the negative and want to make us forget. I mean, we can see it throughout the Bible. Look at the Israelites. They were delivered from slavery and they were like, oh, you should take us back. We lived free over there and we had great food. And you're like, what? Wait a minute. It's only been 40 years. Like you're still in the same generation. How do you think slavery? to Pharaoh is better than freedom, even in the wilderness, where, by the way, he was providing light by day, shadow by, um, shadow by day, light by night, and he was providing daily food and manna, and their feet, their shoes never wore out. Well, and besides, they didn't wait 40 years to complain. They waited like 40 days. Yeah. <laughs> they started complaining. Exactly. And then they, and then they continued complaining for 40 I'm years. so glad we don't do that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to give each of you an opportunity to encourage that person that's listening today. If you are listening today and you need a little love and encouragement to seek God, to seek his word, to pray more, this is what my friend Charlotte would like to say. I would like to tell you that this morning in my devotion, I read where Jesus was about to go to the cross. He was in the garden of Gethsemane. And he, it said in scripture that he was anguished and distressed and that he was filled with sorrow to the point of death. And so you do not have a God who does not know what darkness feels like. You do not have a God who does not understand what pain you are going through, what anguish you're going through, what sorrow you're in, what hopelessness you feel. And so rest in the fact that Jesus came here, not because of who we are, 
but because of who he is. And he chose to walk in our pain so that we could have an intimate relationship with him. And Melinda, what is your word of encouragement? I just wanted to say that um, no matter what you're struggling with, um, whatever pain, whatever circumstance that just feels overwhelming, you know, you can just give it to Jesus. And, and, and uh, when you truly give it to him and you trust that he will handle it and he will eventually, and you must know that, then there's just a peace that, that washes over you. And if I'm in a situation where I just don't know what to say or how to respond or what I can do anymore, I'll say, Jesus, you take this one. Or do you hear that? Can you, can you handle this? I mean, I had this little conversation with him and there's a verse that says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's it. You just trust when your burden is too heavy for you to carry on your own, then you just give it to him and he'll carry it for you. And then you just trust that it'll all work out. And that's it. And one of the descriptions that I found about spiritual renewal is that is it a term that Christians often used to describe what happens when God pours out his spirit on his people, when he is free to work powerfully in and through his people to show the world how real and mighty and good Jesus is. And that's one of our purposes in life is to know God and to help others to know him, to make him known. And the most important thing of that entire quote is when he is free to work. So he is a gentleman and he will stand outside and he'll wait for you to invite him in. And that's one of the most important parts of prayer. A lot of people think, I don't want to burden God. I don't want to, he's busy up there. No, he, he's a dad. He's Abba dad. He's waiting with his lap clear for you to hop on, sit down. He knows what happens, but he wants to hear from you. Did you see what, what this happened? Did you see how this went down? I'm worried about these things. And then Lord, I am open to the working of your Holy Spirit. Come inside of me, fill me, help me to know you better and to understand this. And I think it's beautiful, this podcast, but there might be somebody out there thinking, I don't have friends like this. These women seem to have it all together. I'm here to tell you we don't. We are broken people who love Jesus because we need him desperately. Why? Because we're not perfect. Nobody is. But he is a God that is willing to transform your life, to transform your thoughts, to transform your own reflection, to be more like him. And in Ezekiel eleven nineteen, it says, I will give them one heart and a new spirit. I will put within them. I will remove their heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. He will change your heart. He will change your thoughts. He'll change your life. And if you let him, he'll change a few of your friends and that's okay. And then I'm going to close with this Philippians four, six, and seven. It says, do not be anxious about anything. So let's just stop for a minute. Raise your hand if you're listening and you've had anxious thoughts today. I think we can all attest that we've had anxious thoughts today because we're women and we worry and we want our husbands to do well. We want our kids to love us and others and each other. We want them to know and love God. We want our friends to be healthy and safe and 
that creates a lot of anxiety. It says, but in everything, by prayer, talking to God, supplication, telling him what you need, with thanksgiving, stop for a moment and recognize the finished work of Jesus on the cross and how it already has affected your life here and in eternity. Then let your request be known to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, that means the peace of God that nobody, you go through a situation that's difficult and people can't understand why you're still looking to God, why you're standing, why you're okay, even though you might be in pain. It's because it's a peace that no one can understand. The world doesn't give it to you. Lack of war doesn't give it to you. Jesus gives it. And then it says that peace, that peace, which Jesus is shalom peace, it will guard your hearts and your minds when you keep them in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So if you're listening today and it was your first time or you've been here before, we invite you to subscribe so you'll get notifications. We invite you to follow us on our Instagram, which is faithwithfriends underscore podcast. And we invite you to answer the invitation that Jesus has to you, which Mel just read. Come to me, all who are weary. Come to Jesus. Open your Bible. If you don't know where to start, start in John 1. Read one chapter. Read it every day for a week. And then ask yourself, what can I learn from this chapter? What does it say about God? What what message is there for me or others? And how can I start this exciting walk to know God's word? So would either of you like to close out in prayer? Charlotte? Okay, sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your presence here with us today and all those that are listening. We ask that you just pour out your blessing and your promises upon all those that are listening to us today. And we ask, Lord God, that something we might have said or something that they heard would have ministered to their hearts and encouraged them to seek you because you are good and you are faithful and you are the ultimate promise keeper. We love you and we ask um, that you bless us in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you so much, friends, for listening in today to today's podcast. If you think it can encourage somebody else, share it with them and send it to someone else. And throughout the next few weeks, we're going to have all of our group on one by one or two by two to discuss other words that they have for the year. So if you're still looking or you just want to be encouraged, then tune back in. Thank you. And I hope you have a great day. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?